Amen. We can uh, grab your Bibles. We'll be in Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20 through 33. And uh, we're in our series. We've been in it uh, for the last couple of weeks. A new series um, just entitled The Wise Way. Um, I'm glad that uh, Solomon, many years ago, when asked uh, of God, by God, uh, what he desired, what he wanted, he said wisdom. And uh, now we get to benefit from it. Um, So the title of today's message is Available Wisdom, and the phrase that I want you to remember is, it's easy to find, hard to lose. Uh, If you're with us online, uh, my name is Michael, I'm the pastor here, and uh, glad you're here if that is the platform you're on, or if you're here in person. It's good to see your faces too. Uh, I'm always reminded, uh, we're back together, uh, of just how awesome our worship times are. Um, I know there's not uh, anywhere else I'd rather be um, than here on Sunday mornings. Uh, with you. Um, And to sing that song uh, that we just sang, uh, I actually uh, heard it. um, I was listening to music in the car this week, and that song came on, and I was like, wow, this is a really awesome song. And uh, then we sang it this morning. Um, Just to uh, talk about our worship team, too. It's uh, good to have them here and to have them leading us in worship. I hear songs like that on the radio, and I'm like, man, I couldn't do that. But uh, I'm glad that we have a team that can do that for us and lead us in um, amazing worship. And so we look for wisdom in a lot of places. Uh, I thought I'd share a video with you on where some people look for wisdom first. So go ahead and take a look. What's my schedule for today? Nothing, you lazy bum. Excuse me? Sorry, I meant King Greg. You have a full day of being awesome. What's the capital Paraguay? You should have studied more. I did study last night with Todd. Is that what they're calling it now? Search for lower back dragon tattoos. Why do you hate your parents? Move studying for that test to tomorrow. But the test is tomorrow. Remind me to skip school tomorrow. Siri, remind me to TP Mr. Ryan's house tonight. You are better than that. Okay, you're right. Remind me to egg his house tonight. That is not what I meant. Play Dead Rotting Horse Corpse. That is devil music. How do I make a fake ID? What are some good insults to put on Facebook? How do I start a gang in my neighborhood? Please do not text and drive. How far is too far? Why don't you ask your mother? She is listening outside your door. Remind me never to call Matt again. Directions to Kyle's keg party? Nothing good happens after midnight. Be quiet, Siri. Siri, call Matt! But you said... I don't care! I love him! Yeah. If that doesn't tell you where we're at as a culture, I don't know what does. Um, We look for wisdom in a lot of places, don't we? Um, Sometimes it's almost definitely the wrong place first, right? Uh, we know the greatest source of wisdom and truth. Well, it comes from God. Are there other convenient, more easily accessible places at times that we think might give us a quick answer? Yeah, there's a lot of those, especially now. Um, but we need to know where to find the right wisdom. And to be honest, as I was studying this and going through this, it seemed clear to me that this wisdom for us as believers, having direct access to God through the Holy Spirit, is actually easier to find um, than you might think. And once we uh, obtain this, once we have it, 
uh, it's hard to lose. Now, if you've, you've ever questioned that, or you're going, well, it's pretty difficult for me, um, talk with anybody older, wiser, who's been following Jesus longer, and you might get a little different perspective. And so where do we find this to begin this? Well, we mentioned this in the very first message a few weeks ago, but if you look to James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, Uh, it tells us how do we gain access to this wisdom as believers. It says in verse 5, chapter 1 of James, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all. His ways. So, how do we come to God? How do we find this wisdom? Uh, we certainly anticipate coming to God and expecting to receive an answer, expecting to receive wisdom and to grow <clears throat> in our knowledge and instruction. And so, the first fill in the blank is wisdom revealed. Wisdom revealed. So, uh, many times, too, I think we think like as we're going into this text, um, it's easy to lose a lot of things, right? But not wisdom. You may pick up your car keys and then forget where they go, but God has provided a wisdom that doesn't leave us. And, and where is it? Well, when wisdom is revealed to us as believers, <clears throat> it's pretty hard to ignore. The question is, where is it? In verse 20, it says, Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the market, she raises her voice. So where is wisdom and what is it doing? Well, if you look to the Hebrew, the word here for cries aloud is the word run and it means this, this continual ring or ongoing cry. Uh, I don't know if you have um, ever heard a loud noise before and your ears started ringing and it comes back periodically if you're of a certain age and um, your eardrums have worn out to a degree. And that's what it's like. It's this wisdom. It's uh, in the streets. It's like we, we've said it's not hard to find unwise behavior when we walk outside. It's like we don't have to look very far. But as believers, we can not only see the unwise behavior, but we can also see the things that God wants to see, the wise thing to do. Many times it's because we see the unwise things, right? We go, that's not what I should do. <laughs> that's not what I want to do, uh, and uh, that's the wrong thing to do. So I'm going to do the opposite. In many ways, God teaches us in that way. So where is it? It says in the streets. Uh, this word here in the Hebrew, kutz, it just means outside, not hidden. So where is wisdom? Is it hard for us as believers to find? No, it's not. We walk out. And Solomon says, son, you walk out in the street, you're going to see unwise behavior, but you're also going to see what God wants you to see. You're going to see the unwise and the thing that you should do. It's not hidden. As some of us would like to make excuses from time to time, it's hard. I don't know what to do. When I ask Siri, it seems like I don't get the right thing to do. I don't understand the right thing that I should do. But maybe we're going to the wrong place. Verse 21 and 22, it says, at the end of the noisy streets... She cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? How long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So <clears throat> there's this acknowledgement that when you, when you walk out, and Solomon describes wisdom as this individual, as this woman who's, going, who's yelling at us saying, Here's the right thing to do. Here's wisdom. Here's clear instruction from the Lord. It's observable all around us. And then he says it's like at the end of a noisy street, at the end of noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of city gates, she speaks. So imagine anywhere you go, the things that we observe, and, and we, we talk about this all the time. Um, we, we receive instruction from God's word, but then 
when we look at the world around us, sometimes he communicates to us through something as simple as like a billboard, or, uh, and he'll say something to us that maybe when somebody else looks at that, they might not think the same thing. Uh, or maybe it's through another individual or something we observe in nature. Uh, I, I'm always up early, um, not just because of little children, but I'm up before that uh, just to do my quiet time and, and pray, and I was doing that this morning, and um, it's always kind of cool to see the changing of the seasons and the leaves are falling off the trees. You probably dealt with some of that this week. And uh, one of the other things uh, that we get to see <clears throat> being here in the village when the tree, the leaves fall off the trees, I can see right from our backyard to the park where the sun's rising. And it just reminds me, like in all of God's infinite wisdom and in His creation, He's constantly showing us, right? His beauty, His knowledge, and He's teaching us. And so how far do you have to look? Not very far. Wake up and look outside. And then verse 22, how long, O simple ones, we love being simple. So there's some questions that Solomon is going to ask, and he's going to ask it of his sons, and he's going to say something interesting here. He says, how long, O simple ones, we love being simple. See, why does he ask this? Because how easy is it to be simple, right? To not concern ourselves with difficult decisions or things that, that, that might bear weight on us. We have to go, okay, I have to make a difficult decision. If I have to do what God wants me to, if I have to be wise in this situation, that's going to cause me some anxiety and some stress. And I don't know that I want to deal with that. And Solomon says, hey, how long are we going to be simple? How long are we going to pretend like there's not real issues and real things that we have to deal with in life? Because you can be simple. How long are you going to keep doing that? And then he asks, how long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? So this is the person who says, yeah, I know wisdom's there. I know it's accessible, but you know what? I'd rather just pretend everything's a joke in life. I'd rather not pretend that anything's serious. I'd rather not have to deal with anything real because if I don't have to deal with those things, then life It's not really hard. It's not really serious. It's not really weighty, right? But life is, right? We have to come up against things that are difficult, that are weighty, decisions we have to make. And and Solomon says you can be simple, you can be a scoffer, but that's all you're ever going to be. You're not going to be wise. Uh, So what do we need to use? Well, we need to use our critical thinking. And then he uses this word here for fools. And um, it's not a nice word in Hebrew. It just means literally stupid people. Okay, I'm not, I'm not making that up. That's not my translation. Fools. So <clears throat> those who hate knowledge, because what happens? You're, you're part of this repetitive cycle. When you, when you say, I, don't, I know I, I see unwise behavior, and I know what God's wisdom is, and I know the Bible gives perfect instruction for my life, but you know what? <clears throat> I just don't really want to have to deal with any of that. And Solomon says, how long? This is foolish behavior. Scoffers delight in their scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. How easy is it to remain a fool? Solomon says it's not too difficult. Just keep doing the same thing, right? But how do we grow in knowledge and wisdom? Well, that takes effort. You know what else takes effort? Ignoring wisdom, all right? So we've got this wisdom revealed, and here's the second fill in the blank. Wisdom ignored. Wisdom ignored. And so it'll be up there um, shortly for you, but you may have experienced something like this before, maybe with your kids. Uh, where wisdom and instruction is being given, and your child is maybe not actively plugging their ears, but you know they're not listening to you, right? So how hard is it to ignore instruction and wisdom and godly counsel when it's right in front of us? It's pretty hard. We have to go, I can't hear you, right? We're la, 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 we're singing something else. I can't hear what you're saying. We may have witnessed that before, but sometimes we do that in our own lives, and we witness a world all around us that if they would just like unplug their ears 
for a moment, maybe they would gain some wisdom. Maybe they would gain some knowledge. And so we'll jump there to verse 24. Verse 24. It says, Because I have called and you refused to listen. You have stretched out my hand and no one is seated because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof. Now this is preceded again. Now this is before uh, verse 23. I'm going to make sure to read this. It says in verse 23, If you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. Interestingly enough, this is a really similar idea. Like as we transition to the person who says, I'm not going to turn. I'm not going to change my ways. I'm going to keep my, my fingers in my ears, singing my own song, not listening, not looking for wise instruction. This word here in the Hebrew for turn is the word shub, and it means to turn or come back or to do a 180. Interestingly enough, if you look in the New Testament, the word for repentance is a very similar word, to turn from the things that we know are wrong, from the things that we know lead us down a destructive path. And Solomon's not saying anything different. He's saying about wisdom, he's going, it's pretty obvious. You can continue to be a fool if you'd like to. You can continue to be a scoffer. That's not hard. The hard thing is to go, God, I need to make a change, right? I need to go... I've been unwise. And maybe it's, maybe it's just in one area. Um, there are certain maybe aspects of life that like, we don't like to be wise. You know, we like to pretend like maybe we don't have to be wise or we don't have to make a tough choice, but we do. Life is full of many of those. So do we want to be wise? Well, it's easier to be a fool. But what do we do? We have a choice. One choice is to ignore wisdom, godly counsel, and instruction in our lives. And here's where it's going to land us, this wisdom ignored section What's going to take place? Well, an active choice. And so um, God is continually reaching out to us, right? If we're believers, if we have the Spirit of God inside of us, we know there's times where we choose to do the wrong thing, and God's like, he's, he's grabbing at us. He's going, turn back, make a better choice. Maybe that wasn't the right choice. And it's easy, it's easy to go, well, uh, yes, I should do that, right? It's, it's very clear it's in front of us, but it's really hard to go, no, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to, I'm going to ignore you. I'm not going to follow you. And so what takes place? Well, we see here in verses 24 and 25, what does God do? He calls to us, right? Like a parent who's going, you know what? That didn't work the first 10 times. Maybe let's do it a different way this time, right? And the child's going, I can't hear you, right? <laughs> but we do it too, okay? And so here's the second thing. He, what does he do? He stretches out his hand. Like God is continually going, hey, you get another shot. You get another shot. You get another chance. And shouldn't we be thankful for that? It's like we come in here every week and I'm just going like, man, God has been so good to us. Not because I have everything I want or because things are perfect, because he gives me another shot. Like every single day, he forgives me. Uh, And so he's reaching out his hand. And the third thing here in these uh, first two verses of this section, he gives us counsel and reproof. Sometimes we don't want to hear it, right? We still, we do the stick in our fingers in our ear thing. <clears throat> but what's our response? This is the person who ignores, who has to actively ignore God's counsel, his instruction, his reproof, which is, again, it's hard to do, right? Because we can, we can find it really easily for believers. But it's hard to get rid of. It's hard to run away from. Uh, God is constantly pursuing us. But, but some people will say, well, I'm going to refuse to listen. I don't have to listen to this. Because God gives us a choice, doesn't he? And this is one of the aspects about his nature that I love. Because he goes here's the right thing to do. Here's what you can do. Here's my wisdom, and we have the choice to go yes or no, right? So he gives us a choice, but we can refuse to listen. And here's the second response that we can have, or not. We have not heeded. So it says he stretched out his hand, and no one has heeded. He goes, hey, here's my hand. 
do you want to take it? And you say, no, thanks, not today. I'm going to make my own choices. And the third thing, here's our third response to this. Number three, we've ignored counsel and reproof. So he's called to us, he's stretched out his hand, and then we've said, you know what, I don't need it. I don't need that wise instruction. I don't need that counsel. I don't need that reproof. I'm going to do my own thing. seems like it takes a lot of effort to ignore God when we belong to him, doesn't it? Well, he's going to keep pursuing us, okay? That's the good news. But here's some of the results, all right? So there's a reason that this section is long. Uh, Solomon is talking to his sons, and he's not only given them all these specific examples in the first chapter of Proverbs, where here's some of the bad choices you can make, here's how things are going to go wrong. He's going to spend an extended period of time here saying, this is why we should listen to wise counsel. This is why we should listen to instruction. And here's the first result of ignoring God's wisdom. So it's not in the notes, but you can write it down under section two if you'd like to. The first result of ignoring God's wisdom, verse 26 says, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you. When terror strikes you like a storm or your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. Now, this is awfully sobering, isn't it? That one of the consequences of, of a God who watches, he's extending his hand, he's going, please listen, take my hand, like, like, take the reproof, change, turn around and do something different. And here he says, I'm going to laugh at calamity. Now, it sounds harsh at first, but if you've ever been a parent, like too, I always attribute this back to like giving instruction, giving wise counsel, and the kid just sort of keeps making the wrong choice. And at some point, you laugh. You're not supposed to, right? You're like, you laugh and you go, I can't believe this went wrong again, but it's laughable, isn't it? Because God's going like, I've been here the whole time. Like, why? Why won't you listen? When terror strikes you like a storm or calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. We always look at God like when we've made a lot of bad choices and we go like, God, what happened? You must not love me. Are you? Like, I don't understand. He's going like, I was there the whole time and I continued to reach out my hand and I continued to go Come on, turn this thing around, all right? That's the first result. The second one is found in verses 28 through 30, and I'll read those for us. It says, Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me, because they hated knowledge. Thank you, babe. We'll keep going. (laughs) They hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel, and despised all my reproof. So she's been talking a lot more this week, by the way. We enjoyed it. So not just the crying. She's trying to say stuff. So, so what's the second result of ignoring God's wisdom? Well, this is really important. So in verse 20, it says, They will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. So the first thing here, when we ignore God's wisdom, what happens? We pretend, right? Like he's there to give you his ear, right? We like it when God listens to us, like God's always here. He's with me. He's got some good things to say. But then what happens? Bye, babe. (laughs) I keep talking. So what happens when we seek wisdom? We normally find it, right? Uh, But when we don't find it, what's the reason for that? Well, he says it here, because they hated knowledge. Whoa, wait a second. I don't hate knowledge. I like wisdom and instruction. Well, I hope that you do because what Solomon says to his sons and what God's saying to us, there are those who would even claim to be believers, even those who might be saved, but then they go, you know what? I'm good with just getting out of hell 
and getting into heaven when I die. That seems like a good deal, but when it comes to wisdom, when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to making good choices, you know what? I just don't care, right? And that's so sad, isn't it? Because we have access to all of this. But Solomon lays it out really clearly. He doesn't pull any punches for his sons. He says, hey, they will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Why? Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And again, we're going to continue to see this. If you read through the book of Proverbs, you read through that, read the other wisdom literature, the bottom line is, did you fear God? And it's not like, again, this weird like, oh no, God's going to hurt me if I do something wrong. It's this reverence like, God is God and I am not, right? I think that's in a, few, in a song I heard recently. <laughs> God is God and I am not, right? And that's good news because we left to ourselves, we make a lot of bad choices, don't we? When we say, hey, I think I know what the right thing is to do. I think I know what would make me happy. Usually it's, maybe it's not what would make God happy, right? So Solomon says, hey, be careful. Because there's some who would say, well, I'm not going to have any of that counsel, and I'm going to despise all the reproof. They may not say it outwardly. They may not say, I'm not going to listen to God if he talks to me. But they're rejecting his hand. They're rejecting his word, and they're rejecting his reproof, right? We make decisions now that will affect the rest of our lives, and um, I always say this to young people, but you know, the truth is right now, like, well, what decisions are you making that are going to shape the rest of your life? Are you going, I need knowledge, I need instruction, I need reproof? And some of you may say, my parents don't know anything. <laughs> I can almost guarantee you that perspective will change, right? It's like as I got a little bit older, a little bit older, I kept going, man, it seems like they knew what they were talking about. And these are people who know and love Jesus, okay? So if you had a background that's like, you know, my parents did not know God and that was not the deal at home, okay. But if they do, they're making an effort. It's like, let's go to church. Let's learn about God. Let's talk about him at home. Chances are they may have some wisdom and some knowledge to give to you. And so here's the third thing within this second section. There's a lot of stuff here, right? It's hard to read, but it's good for us. Uh, Verse 31 says, Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by the turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. So this is this third result of ignoring God's wisdom, of ignoring his hand as he sticks it out of him, as he says, just turn. Let's make a different decision today. Let's not be unwise. Let's have good relationships, right? Let's make good choices. So I want to make a note here. Um, some people in life will think, well, I've done pretty well. I mean, I've made some good choices. I, I'm, I'm good at business or I'm good at my job and people seem to like me. None of those things necessarily are predicated upon following God faithfully and being wise in a godly way, right? And we can do some of those things and there can be this appearance of wisdom from like the world's perspective. But when it comes to godly wisdom, right, when it comes to really making difficult choices, when it comes to following Him wholeheartedly, leading our families, it looks a lot different, doesn't it? Because you can be semi-successful in the world's eyes, but not so much when it comes to godly wisdom. And so what happens here? What's this third result? I'm going to eat of the fruit of their ways and have their fill of their own devices. And God says at some point, okay, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. And this is the beauty of God and his nature and his character. He says, here's wisdom, here's knowledge, here's instruction, please take it. And some people will say, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. And it should be so sad to us. But the truth is that God is really genuinely loving because he doesn't force anyone to do 
wisdom, to follow wisdom, to take that instruction and to heed it. He goes, it's here, I'm here, listen to it, follow it. But what happens when they don't? Well, verse 32 says, for the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. Hmm. So what happens to the simple? Well, again, you may find some level of success even being simple, but what happens when we turn away from God's wisdom? It says here in the Hebrew, the word for killed is harag. It just means to be destroyed or be in utter ruin. Um, Alana was up again early this morning, and um, I was going through the message, and I told her, I said, this is what this word means, to be destroyed or to be killed or in utter ruin. Is being in utter ruin ever a good thing? It's not, right? Now, from the world's perspective, you may be in utter ruin, and things may appear on the outside decent, but on the inside, maybe not so much, right? God always gets at our hearts, doesn't he? It's like we're reading stuff like this, and we're like, oh, stop, <laughs> stop, stop saying that. What does God's word do? Well, it penetrates to our hearts, right? And we need to hear it. And then he uses this word for complacency, the shalva in the Hebrew. It means like this quietness or ease of life that doesn't ever really have to deal with anything real. Because there's a way that some people live too. Like they go like, hey, things are okay. Things are good. Like, you know, I haven't really had to, you know, maybe deal with a difficult decision or haven't had to really be that wise, but I've just sort of flown under the radar. And some people will do that in life too. They won't be like um, overtly sinful. They won't be like overtly like doing the wrong thing but they won't be following God either. They're just going, you know what? I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to do what I want. And I think that'll go okay. To some degree, it may. But complacency is like, is that where we want to be as believers? Like, just like, you're okay. I'm okay. Everything's good. No problems. Maybe, maybe not. But what's the result of this? Well, he says this, in the complacency of fools, so those who are already in a bad spot, right? This is not believers who are following Jesus wholeheartedly, who are content and going like, I'm, I'm really trying to follow God. He's not talking about being content or being complacent in that relationship with God, but what he's saying is those who would be complacent with being foolish. Those who would be like, it, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm good. I don't need any more wisdom. I don't need any more instruction. I'm going to just keep doing what I've been doing my whole life. It's worked for these other people, and I think it'll work for me. Well, where does this leave this person? To be destroyed. And this word here in the uh, Hebrew, it's, it sounds like ah bad when you look at it in its transliteration. Uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And when I, I read that word, she's like, Ilana said to me, ah bad? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. Being destroyed, it's not good, right? It's all Bad. And so just a few definitions for this word, to be destroyed, to perish, to vanish, to go astray, to die, to be exterminated, to fall away, to be blotted out, specifically when it comes to divine judgment as well. And so when Solomon says these words to his sons, they knew he wasn't just talking. He's like, hey, make bad choices in life, make bad business deals. You won't have any money. People won't like you. They won't want to be your friend. That's not what Solomon was saying. He says, he's saying, don't be complacent with being a fool because it, it's not only going to mess up things in life for you, like here right now, physically and presently, but it's also going to affect your eternal state. Solomon, he was saying this to his sons. If you're going to be unwise, if you're going to be complacent with being a fool, it's not just going to go bad here. It's going to go bad for eternity. So we need to think about these things. Being wise comes from knowing God and following him. Hmm. So we need to not be at ease with being 
a fool, right? Not being instructed, not being taught. Now, we can always grow, and we can always increase in knowledge and wisdom, and we can listen to this, and we can make a turn. So from the very beginning, this word that Solomon uses, he says, hey, sons, don't do this. Be wise. Turn from where you're at right now, because here's what's going to happen. All these things are going to happen in your life, and eventually it's going to lead to destruction, separation. You're not going to know God. You're not going to be wise. You're not going to know Him in eternity. And here's the last thing, just the last verse. Wisdom considered. Carefully listening produces security. Now, maybe you uh, have a friend, family member, somebody that you go to who's a good listener. You can sit down on your couch with a cup of coffee, whatever you uh, might enjoy, and you can sit down and that person listens to you. They make you feel heard. Well, in the same way, to close things out, in verse 33, it says, but whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. So what, is God like, what does God want for us more than anything? As Solomon talks to his sons, as, as God is speaking to us, he's saying, what do you want to be like? You want to be like all the unwise people? You want to be like the, complacent, uh, the complacency of fools, those who don't care that they're just being simple, that they're being scoffers? Life is just a joke, they say, but it's not. And so when we listen to God, what happens? He says, but whoever listens to me. And that word here in the Hebrew, the word for listens is the word shema, and it means listening with intent to obey. It's not like the kid who's going, I can't hear you, and then they turn around and do exactly what you said not to, and you're like, did you not hear me? No, I, I was closing my ears. I was doing my song. You know, I did not hear what you said. <laughs> it's because you weren't listening, Right? Probably many of us have had that conversation before, but when Solomon says this word, he, he goes, and, and his sons would have understood this. He says, listen, Shema, listen with intent to obey sons. And God's saying that to us today too. He's saying, listen with intent to obey sons and daughters. Don't be like the foolish who are complacent where they are at. I'll live my life. I'll do my thing. I'm unwise. I don't care. It seems to be going okay so far, they say. But he says, listen with an intent to obey. Because why? Well, he says, but whoever listens to me will dwell. So we go from the Shema, the listening with intent to obey, to the word dwell, which is shakan. So we want a Shema, and then we want a shakan. This word for dwell means to settle down, abide, dwell, or tabernacle, or reside, specifically when it comes to knowing God. I don't know about you, but I want to I dwell with God. I want to I know God um, so deeply that it's like all my thoughts, all my concerns, all my desires, the things that I do in life would be wrapped up in what He wants, right? And I hope that's our desire today. So I want to listen with the intent to obey, and then I want to dwell, right? I want to dwell with God. But what happens when we do this? There's something else that comes from this listening, the Shema, and the Shekhan that produces something else, and it's this security, right? Security, safety, it's a big issue nowadays, isn't it? We feel unsafe in many of the places that we've been before, that maybe we used to feel safe, and now it's like, I don't know if I'm safe there, right? Well, there's a safety that surpasses anything physical, anything presently that's going on in our culture. You can go anywhere, you can do anything, and you can be secure in the Lord. Well, how do we do this? Well, we shema, we shikan, we listen and dwell, and then we find ourselves in this place of security. It's this kind of rest that the Scripture talks about for somebody who it doesn't matter what's going on in their life. They've got security. They know that no matter what happens, <clears throat> I belong to God. 
No matter where I'm at, I belong to God, I trust Him, I know He's got the plan, and no matter what happens, I'm going to be with Him forever. It's this eternal security. And so, interestingly enough, Solomon talks to his sons about eternal security when it comes to wisdom, because he says, don't be like the foolish or complacent, but be like those who intently listen to the words of wisdom to God with the intent to obey so they might dwell with Him securely. And when he said securely, he, they would have understood that this meant for their entire lifetime and for eternity. <clears throat> I'll read you a few verses that have this word for secure. It's found many times in Psalms and Proverbs. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, it says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Does that sound like somebody who trusts in their circumstances, their 401k, whatever they might have that gives them security? No, this is somebody saying... Who, who lets me go to sleep well at night? Is there anything that keeps me up at night? Sometimes there are things. Uh, but this person says, you alone, O Lord, let me sleep well. Let me dwell in safety. And Psalm 16, 9 says, therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. There's a lot of things to worry about nowadays, to be insecure about, to struggle with, or to worry about. But this person who has this security that's wrapped up in knowing God says, therefore, my heart is glad, my whole being rejoices, my flesh also dwells secure. So it's not just this like, yeah, I trust God, but there's really, really difficult things that's going on, and I'm really stressed out about it, and I don't know how it's going to... No, it's this person who goes, yeah, I know there's this thing coming up. I know there's a difficult situation that's coming up, but I'm going to trust the Lord. Uh, a few weeks ago, I went in, um, it, was been my, uh, it would be my four-year cancer screen. So I found out I had cancer when I was 29, which is just, you know, it's like mind-blowing for a guy at 29 years old to have a doctor call you and say, hey, you have cancer. I was like, no, I don't. I don't, actually. And, uh, and the last four years have been just, um, I mean, an amazing growth uh, season for me. Uh, and when I read these things, I think, if I'm not wrapped up in this security that belongs to my relationship with God through Jesus Christ, then what security do I really have? If somebody can say something to me, that could be earth-shattering to somebody who doesn't know Jesus, right? Still frustrating or maybe not good, but I went into that doctor's appointment, and the doctor for four years, um, again, said, hey, everything's good, you're all clear. So I was like, praise God. But then I asked myself this question. I was like, if it wasn't, did I still have security? The answer would have been yes, right? And it's difficult for us, though. Like, if we don't think like that, if we, if we don't go, even if, it doesn't go the way that I think it's supposed to go. It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're, they're about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and they're like, we won't bow down to the idol. We're not going to bow down to it. God can save us, but they say, if he doesn't, we're still good, right? We, we still trust God, okay? So this is, this is key, and this is why Solomon says this, and he uses this word for security. So are we going to shamash Are we going to dwell securely? Are we going to listen and dwell securely? with God. I hope so. Uh, I'll read one of the times it's mentioned in Proverbs other than right here. Proverbs 10, 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who walks makes his way crooked will be found out. So who are we going to listen to, church? I mean, it's easy to, we walk out the doors, we listen to friends, coworkers, the news, whatever else is going on around us. Whatever wisdom the world thinks they are pouring in to make us more knowledgeable or more intelligent or more wise, but we don't have to go very far to find wisdom, right? It's easy for believers to find it. James, who is the brother of Jesus, goes, he's the real deal. If you need wisdom, go ask him. 
he'll give it to you. And don't think that he won't, because he will, right? Don't be unstable in all your ways. Like James says, he says, ask with this expectation that he's going to give it to you. And because he will, man, when we, when we read this, we have confidence. We go, when we consider wisdom, when we turn from our ways of making bad choices, which sometimes we have, just have to do daily, right? We have to go, okay, that wasn't a good choice. I'm going to do something differently the next time around, right? This isn't just about, like, I've arrived either. I've made all the good choices. I will never make any bad choices, but we will continue to make bad choices, right, from time to time because we dwell in the flesh. We dwell in the world that's constantly bombarding us, right? Our own bodies that will betray us from time to time, and we will make bad choices. And Solomon says, hey, there's a way that we can live that no matter what happens, that we might listen, that we might dwell securely, not in our circumstances, but in our eternal security that belongs to God, that he's given to us. And it's good news. And these are why we should consider things like this. And I'll close with this as we think about being on the cusp of Halloween, right? Um, Not forgetting things, not looking for wisdom in the wrong places, because unlike our car keys, it's easy to find. It's hard to lose for believers, right? So let's grab onto it. Let's not lose it. One of the ways we do this is remembering important things in the past. You may think, well, we celebrate Halloween tomorrow. I always like to remind us that on the 31st of October, 1517, there was a guy named Martin Luther, and he went against the grain. He wanted to follow wisdom and truth that was provided by the Bible and not by even religious leaders at the time. And he said, here are all the things that are being done wrong by the church. Here are all the things that are not in the Bible. And he nailed up this document. It was called the 95 Thesis um, to this building the church of Wittenberg's castle. And he said, I can't continue to operate in an unwise way. I can't continue to operate in a way that doesn't honor God where people say things that aren't in the Bible and they don't follow the truth and they don't follow wisdom. And he got a lot of grief for it. He did. But when it comes down to it, I mean, like at the end of the day, do we want to listen intently and dwell with God so that we might have security wrapped up in who he is or in whatever else the world can give you? I don't know. I mean, I want to go with what God has to offer us every time. Um, I know it takes some bravery. I know it takes um, maybe an opportunity to share with somebody, to be encouraged. We all have different stories, but I pray for you today and as you go out tomorrow, and maybe the kids go out and get candy. That's great. Have fun. Celebrate that. But remember, there was a day many years ago, I guess it was uh, 504 years ago tomorrow, where somebody had to say, I'm going to do the wise thing. I'm going to do the right thing no matter what, no matter what it costs me, because I want to dwell in security, right? I think maybe if he had some tough conversations after that, I know he did, he dwelled securely in the Lord, right? I want that for all of us too, and I hope that's where we would stay. Uh, That's how we would live, okay? Um, I want to pray for us, but just give you the opportunity if maybe... You find yourself here today and you're like, yeah, I've heard the gospel before. I know that Jesus died for my sins on the cross. I know that he, he, he lived that perfect life and he, after he died, he raised again from the third day. If you've never had that opportunity to say, God, I believe that. I want to trust in you uh, forever, for life, for eternity. Um, I'd like to encourage you to do that today. If you're here in person or if you're online, uh, feel free to reach out to us or talk to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you about that, okay? Um, But I want to pray for us, and uh, then we will enter right into our communion time, and I'll explain that as we partake in it together, okay? Let's pray. Father, we uh, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, the word that you give to us, uh, the wisdom um, and knowledge and instruction or proof that we need. Um, I just pray, God, that uh, as we hear these words, 
And as wisdom is being revealed to us as believers, um, <laughs> that we would actually uh, take heed of it, that we would listen to it intently with this intent to obey, that we might dwell with you securely um, daily. Um, God, as we make this active choice every single day to get up and trust in you, that we might dwell with you securely. I pray that for all of us um, in the room. For those who don't know you today who are here or online, uh, I just pray that um, they would maybe hear these words of warning, of, um, of <clears throat> not just warning um, for uh, their state now, but for eternity, um, that there are some bad choices we make in this life now that will affect us forever. Uh, we just pray that there are those who are ignoring wisdom right now that would turn, um, that would turn to you, God, and uh, give their lives over to you, that they might consider wisdom in a way that would change their lives forever. We're thankful for faithful examples um, like Martin Luther who said, uh, I want to be wise, I want to do the right thing no matter what. Um, I want to uh, follow you, God, no matter what the cost. Help us to be wise, not in the world's eyes, but in yours. Thank you that we dwell securely for eternity with you, and we will because of what you've done for us. And it's your name we pray. Amen.